You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey. Brave the Wild is available on thesportstuff.com, iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Great to be back on board once again today. I'm trying to keep it down a little bit. My wife has a sore throat, not feeling good right now in the bedroom, so we gotta be <laughs> gotta try to keep it down a tiny bit here. So my apologies for that. Uh well, the wild must have had a sore throat on uh, New Year's Eve, I suppose. Uh but but the good news is Columbus's streak ended in about the same week here. So both winning streaks are over. Unfortunately, the Wilds' win streak ends first. But luckily, the Wild able to rebound in San Jose. So things kind of flip-flopped a bit. I figured the Wild would beat the Columbus Blue Jackets, believe it or not, end their streak. And then the Wild streak would end against the uh, San Jose Sharks. Not the case. Columbus goes on to win their 16th in a row against Edmonton and then gets thwarted. Five to nothing by the Washington Capitals, who are a lot better than I thought. Actually, their record is way up there with Pittsburgh and Columbus. It's just that the fact that the division is so stacked, they're stuck in a wild card position with being only three points behind Pittsburgh. Go figure. Doesn't get weirder than that. So let's get to it. The Wild end up losing four to two to the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's their fifteenth victory in a row. The Wild streak, of course, ends at a dirty dozen. I didn't have a good feeling about this early on. Parisi was so close to a goal, and then Bobrovsky somehow just swings over to his left and gets his hand in the way, prevents the shot, and then later on Parisi had another chance and just didn't get enough wood on it. And I swear I look, I swear I read uh, Granlin's lips, and he was like, "What was that?" When he was looking up at the <laughs> the video. Ooh, yep. Teammates sometimes they have a little chat chatter with each other, not necessarily in a mean way, but kind of like, "What happened there?" You know, how did you not score? Um, unfortunately. And then it seemed like right after that, things started to spiral in a very negative way. Jason Pominville and others kind of caught in a turnover. Cam Atkinson all alone. That did not look good, and it wasn't good. Dubnik, you'd hope, could make the save, but easier said than done. One-on-one with a guy who was as red-hot as Cam Atkinson, a guy who most people didn't know who the hell he was just two years ago. 16th goal of the year. Oh, boy, that was depressing. The Wild would have their chances here and there, but it seemed like the Wild were sluggish, at times clumsy, just kind of getting outplayed, outworked, and just losing a lot of battles, a lot of puck battles along the wall and in center ice. Just They were not winning the battles time and time again. You could just kind of get the vibe they weren't going to win the game, and that's basically how things went. Brandon Saad, with basically a Mikhail Granlin level of pass, over to Jack Johnson, the defenseman who's been there for quite a while in Columbus, one of the better defensemen out there. Only his second goal of the year, but Johnson, of course, has a lot of attributes besides goal scoring. Brandon Saad, though, evil Otto, the former Chicago Blackhawk. 
I call him Evil Otto because of that mean that mean smile he would always have. And I remember him and Clayton Stoner would have a, a, a bit of back and forth in the past, along with other wild players. Always had that kind of that cocky smile on his face, uh, starting kind of skirmishes, drawing penalties, stuff like that. That's what Saad would do with the Blackhawks in the past. Evil Otto, of course, is uh, the bad guy in the old arcade game Berserk. It's an Atari game, and it's basically a smiley face. So I call but he's a hard son of a biscuit. <laughs> evil, evil Otto and Brandon Saad go together very well, especially when he was on the Blackhawks. But now Evil Otto is rearing his ugly face again against the Wild as he had two assists in this game. Both of them very, very good passes. His second one was to Seth Jones later on. Cam Atkinson would have his 17th goal of the year. In the second period, after another turnover, this one was was by uh, Stahl, unfortunately. Hard to believe you'd see Stahl have one, but but he did. <laughs> of course, you know, it happens. There's always going to be turnovers, and this is an example of not winning the battle uh, in a huge way. It was right after Jack Johnson's goal from Brandon Sod, actually. Mikhail Granlin would have a power play goal. A very nice pass by Jared Spurgeon across the crease. Spectacular play. Loved that pass. It was a Mikhail Granlin type of pass. Just just a tiny bit closer. And Granlin able to bury it. Second line again a factor. But Spurgeon helping out in that one. Koivu ending up getting the second assist on that. Uh, that second line is just... I mean, they do everything, man. And the second line again later on would help the Wild. But it wouldn't matter as the Wild ended up losing the game. Uh, Seth Jones, again, from uh, Brandon Saad, got his seventh goal of the year, making it 4-1 to one. Uh, about about 10 minutes after the Grandland goal. The Wild just couldn't bury anything on Bobrovsky for the longest time. Zucker right out of the third period. You know the Wild need to score, and they were able to Zucker with a very nice, pa- uh, very nice play. More him than anybody else, but Grandland and Spurgeon credited with the assist. You got to like that, but a great play by Zucker. Ninth goal of the year, and you got a whole third period to play with, but the Wild couldn't get anything past Bobrovsky. One big save after another, and the Wild just, you know, they won some battles. They won more battles in that third period, but they could not, again, get the puck past Bobrovsky. It was extremely frustrating. Um, Nice effort by the Wild in that third period. 16 shots on goal, but zero going after that first one. (laughs) 15 more shots, and the Wild couldn't bury anything. On old Sergey, the guy who was not so good last year in the New Year's Eve game when the Wild actually won a rare New Year's Eve game last year. Yet funny, the January swoon instead of the December swoon ended up costing Yo his job in mid-February. Ultimately there. The Wild will have a rematch with this club in Columbus. Good luck with that. But hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we're playing better than them at the time on March the 2nd. So, yeah, just a day after Chelsea, the Cats... Uh, what what year would she be? 27, no, 26 years old already. Obviously long gone. Many, many years ago now. Um, <laughs> Dubnik not very sharp, uh, but the Wild didn't help him at all. The defense, the turnovers, not winning battles, as I say time and time again. Giving Atkinson a one-on-one with Dubnik is not going to help the guy's cause. Doobie, though, four goals allowed. And, of course, it's a combination of Dubnik not being quite as sharp the past few games, like the Islander game, and, of course, the Columbus game, not very sharp. Uh, the game even before that, just struggling, you know, um, and also, again, the sloppy play of the team on the center ice. You see a lot of turnovers around center ice by the Wild. You saw some really careless passes against San Jose time and time and time again. We'll get into that in a bit. That game was quite fun to watch, but still dangerous stuff, and it drew uh, a little more lip-reading from me this time from uh, <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux. It was, yeah, it was basically something I would have said, too. I mean, really, man? You know, it was some stupid-ass passes. Oh, boy. But the Wild end up winning the game, so hell, you know, you end 
you end what could have started a losing streak despite the fact you're giving up four goals time and time again lately. But the Wilds offense stepping up in a huge way, making great plays. The top line and the second line, really spectacular. Uh, the second line consistently always there, but the top line this time, Parisi, Stahl, stepping up. Nino Niederreiter, uh, Jordan Schrader and Nino Niederreiter saw time on the top line. Coyle obviously with the power play with that top line and such. But my goodness, uh, great play by, <laughs> great overall play in this game by Coyle, uh, excuse me, by Koivu, Stahl and Parisi. They deservedly got all three of the stars in the game and they really stepped up in this one. The first period was kind of a classic grinded out. Dubnik was sharp, but so was Jones on the other end. Of course, the Wild not getting a whole lot of shots on goal for the longest time. The Sharks were the aggressors in this game, but luckily the Wild hanging in hanging in there. Um, Pominville moved all the way down to the fourth line, and I think deservedly so. He's, his days are very numbered right now. It's unfortunate that he's still stuck here for at least, <laughs> stuck here with his huge contract. A buyout still would be uh, quite, a, quite, a, quite a hit on the cap, and of course quite a hit on the pocketbook of uh, Craig Leopold, so... It's going to be interesting to see how things turn here. Uh, Dubnik was pretty much peppered time and time again due to bad, sloppy play at center ice. Turnovers, I just said that already, but it kept happening. It's been a, been a trend. And Dubnik, again, not the sharpest thing you ever saw in this game. There were multiple goals in this one that you thought, well, he would have stopped that earlier in the year. But the first period, luckily, it was more just grinded out. Nothing spectacular. Kind of sloppy. Not the best, not the prettiest game you ever saw. And then midway through the second period, the Sharks scored two times in a two-minute two area there. Uh, the first goal allowed was not Dubnik's fault. It was a uh, stupid turnover, stupid play. Don't know what the hell was going on there. First, fifth goal of the year for Donsky. And then Joe Pavleski, ah, Dubnik should have had that one. Um, that was frustrating. Hey, I thought Dubnik could have had that one right through his legs, really. you know. <laughs> but then again, it, it, it happens. But also... Uh, Weak defense by the Wild along the way. Uh, Eric Stahl netting his first goal of the game, anyway, <laughs> on the power play. Several minutes later, late in the second period, getting the Wild on the scoreboard. Thank God. You hope this will create some type of momentum, and it ultimately did. It got things going. Now we got something past Adam Jones. It took two-thirds of the game, but we got it. Parisi made a really good play. Uh, he just hung on to that puck, made a diving pass, basically, as he was about to lose the puck, <laughs> getting it to Eric Stahl with a nice wrister, kind of a, like a one-time shot, very powerful, past Jones for his 12th goal of the season. And then Parisi, old school Zach Parisi in that third period, not afraid to get his face cut, basically, and he didn't in this play, but he could have. <laughs> basically, going down, he was able to finish getting really up close to Adam Jones, up close and personal, seventh goal of the season, and a pretty nice play, play by uh, Nino Niederreiter, I have to admit. Another nice uh, cross cross crease pass, you could say. Fifteenth assist of the year for Peter Ryder on that one. Oh boy, the Joel Ward goal. Another bad turnover. Another bad, uh, just poor defense. The Wild not paying attention on this one. Caught sleeping. Third goal of the year. Don't know about that one. And then Patrick Marlowe right through Dubnik. So very similar to the last two goals. And all this taking place in about a two-minute period. Parisi, Ward, Marlowe. Now the Sharks are up 4-2. You figure the game's over, right? The hell with this crap. Eh, only about 50 seconds later, Eric Stahl from Parisi. Second goal of the, of the game. As they both basically were attacking that end on this one. And Stahl able to finish 13th goal of the season. And then the second line got jealous. Because Parisi and, and Stahl have been stealing the show on that top line. They've been just spectacular the whole game. 
<laughs> Jordan Schrader, too bad he didn't add any point in this one. It was He was on the top line early, and then he kind of got moved around. And I don't know, unfortunate for him, his minutes were limited as the game progressed. He kind of got moved down to the lower lines after that. I guess... <laughs> I guess uh, Boudreaux didn't like what he saw, so he re reconnected the uh, top line of Nino Nino Niederreiter, not Charlie Coyle, with Stahl and Parisi. And it looked very strong the whole game. Three points, three goals, excuse me, for those guys. And again, like I said, the second line got jealous. All three of them factoring on the goal. Back-to-back one-timers here. Actually, not really. The first one was more of an actual pretty nice move by Miko Koivu after a good pass from Granlin. A very good pass. As, as it usually is, he <laughs> just that beautiful sliding pass that Koivu had to make a pretty nice move. This was a pretty cool goal. Koivu, when, when he makes a move, it's often a very good one, and he buried it, and it's beautiful to watch. I mean, when Koivu's playing well, he, I mean, he is just a fantastic player when he actually is playing well, and he's been consistent the last two years, I'd have to say. It was before that you saw a lot of inconsistencies out of Mika Koivu, but the last two years, this guy has been a different man. He really has. Uh, he's been healthier. He's been stronger. And of course, yeah, he looks bigger the last two years too. It's like he really put on strength and you're seeing more durability, stronger play, just better. And he's playing a better role too, a second line center. And it doesn't diminish anything. It doesn't diminish his value at all being on the second line, nor does it for Granlin and Zucker racking up the points, both getting assists on both goals by Koivu. That was awesome. Stahl had scored his scored had scored to make it four three, making things interesting. The three minutes later, the Koivu goal ties it up, and then the second line right back out there again. Two minutes later, and there it was the one timer from Koivu, <laughs> off of a beautiful, perfect pass from Grandline. I mean, I don't even know how this guy does it. I mean, he just places he just places it in the exact spot. Spectacular pass by Grandline, and Koivu netting the one timer. It's five four, <clears throat> ten minutes remaining. And the ability of this team to stick with it after giving up two quick goals by the Sharks to make it 4-2, to two in the, just how disappointing was that after Parisi had tied it up just a minute or just a minute earlier for the Wild to able to stick with this, come back and, and take a 5-4 to four lead. You're just sitting, hoping and praying, okay, Dubnik, be sharp. Okay, Wild, stop with the turnovers. Be in, just make smart plays, but run that clock out, maybe even net an empty netter which you did not see Granlund on the ice during the empty net uh, cycle this time around, which is kind of surprising. The empty net period, we could say, about about a minute and, a, about a minute and four, 10 seconds or so. You'd think you'd see Granlund out there because he always tends to get to that puck and finish. <laughs> but he wasn't out there this time around. The Wild, luckily, are able to hang on. But there were some very, very poor passes by Brodeen and others out there. Stupid passes. Centering passes are just kind of like cross-ice type of passes from defensemen in your own zone creating turnovers that could have could have cost us the game. I don't know what they're doing. And it was about two or three of them in about about a minute period there, not long after Koivu's second goal. And I read Bruce Boudreaux's lips. He basically said, you need to watch those passes. <laughs> so, pardon my French there. I better clean that up. But uh, you could read his lips. Uh, not good. <laughs> oh, boy. Um... So that's what it was, but luckily the Dubnik was able to hang on, and the Wilds' defense stepped up in a huge way, making nice blocks, taking the puck away from the Shark forwards after just some very aggressive forechecking the whole game. The Sharks unable to complete on their forecheck, though, in that third period. Thank God, and the Wilds end up winning the game 5-4. to four. Oh, boy, what a relief, and 
Thank God. Thank God the team really was able to stick with this one because last year, there's no way under Mike Yo this team would have won that game in a 4-2. Four, four um, very unlikely. Uh, we, we almost made a nice comeback against Dallas last year with John Torchetti, but unfortunately that fell short by one goal. It was a heartbreaker. <laughs> and the wild season ended. This team is different. Um, you're hearing from multiple people in this town that are considered hockey wonks, people in the know of hockey, that the Wild are the best team in the Western Conference right now. And I tend to agree. I mean, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they actually are playing better than the Blackhawks, and they have multiple games in hand as well. So, I mean, it's uh, spectacular. We always used to hear that, remember, when the Wild were kind of fighting to get in the playoffs the last couple of years. They, were, they had games in hand, this and that. Like before the Dubnik came to the Wild, Kemper was struggling. There's still a chance we'll be fine. Where this year, it's like there's still a chance we might have be the top seed in the Western Conference. We might have home ice advantage all the way up to the Stanley Cup Final, where odds are we would be on the road in that if Columbus or New- Columbus or Pittsburgh is there. Maybe even Washington, which I truly doubt. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> pretty pretty exciting times here in Minnesota in the hockey world. Hopefully Gopher Hockey can catch up. But we also have some extremely positive news regarding Junior Hockey Championship. We'll talk about that in the second segment when we talk about the prospects. Because we're talking prospects, ladies and gentlemen, for the Minnesota Wild. Multiple prospects looking like studs in that Junior Hockey Championships uh, for 2016-17. Just sweet stuff. Sweet indeed. So let's pass out the awards here. Mike Madonna Award for this show, it's going to go to Parisi because he was a factor. He he was just waiting to explode. He's had multiple James Shepard memorials this year, which is sad, but now he's starting to emerge and look like the Zach Parisi we knew before. Because remember, he wouldn't always score a goal, but he was always active, and he was always active against Columbus. He was always active against the, the San Jose Sharks, and he had a three-point game, just an explosion. Just gutting it out. The old Zach Parisi. That back must be getting better because before you didn't see any of that. It was like he wasn't the same guy and he's starting to be Zach again. And that is really good news for this potential division championship team for the Minnesota Wild. James Shepard Memorial, it's got to be Pominville. I mean, the guy can't even hang on to the puck anymore. Much less, he, he can't score for crap. He, he hasn't scored in 15 games. <laughs> he, he can't even get assists. He can't even hang on to the puck. It's like... Yeah, there's a reason he's on that fourth line. Um, God bless him. He's a great guy. He was a great player. Great player. He really was for so long with Buffalo and his first first three years or so with the Wild. Particularly his first two years, I'd have to say. His second year, he had 30 goals. His third year, you could see a decline coming. Only 18 goals. Still not that bad, but it was a decline. And last year, yuck. This year, yuck again. Um, she's, he, he showed potential off, off and on earlier in the year, but now... Not so much. James Shepard Memorial, very deserving to uh, Jason Tomlinville for this episode. Well, with that, we'll take a break. We'll preview some games, and we're gonna get we're gonna get into junior hockey and talk about the prospects, not only there but in uh, Iowa as well. Back here on Brave the Wild, segment number two. This will be fun. I got three games to preview. Not the easiest games in the world, but winnable, I would have to say, hopefully. 
<laughs> we, we pay a visit to L.A. We go to Anaheim, so it's a Hollywood uh, Hollywood weekend here, Saturday, Sunday. So, woohoo! Well, there's no vacation for the wild. They are working overtime Saturday, Sunday. Well, kind of, if you get the idea. They've got all the other days off. <laughs> and then they host the Montreal Canadiens on Thursday, January the 12th. And then, of course, we'll talk about the prospects and junior, all that fun stuff right after this. So, here we go. Los Angeles Kings, the L.A. Kings. The former home of Gretzky and all that good stuff. The two-time Stanley Cup champion, Los Angeles Kings 2012. The miracle team that made you believe if you get that eighth seed, you could do anything. The Kings did that. And then 2014, a little bit better record, but they just ran and, and they just you know, did, did it again. You could kind of feel it coming and they beat those Blackhawks in the West Finals. Is that going to happen this year? No. Um, they kind of had a little bit of a New York Giants feel to them <laughs> the last the last two times they went to the Cup Finals. A nice underdog and strong team. You just could feel it. Not easily done when Jonathan Quick is out. And he's been out since the first game of the season. And he didn't even play particularly well in that game, giving up, giving up three goals. Crazy to imagine in that case. But... Um, Peter Budaj has not been that bad, though. The Czechoslovakian goalie, 17-10, and 10, not bad. Goals against average, 2. Not bad at all, actually. Save percentage, 92%. So he's definitely not the problem. Four shutouts on the season for Peter Budaj. Not bad at all. It's on the other side of the puck, folks. Jeff Carter, the former Philadelphia Flyer, first-round pick years ago, has been leading the way in a huge way. 21 goals, 12 assists, 33 points in the 39 games he has played this season. Uh, very strong, very steady. He's definitely been the leader of this club. I mean, there's a massive drop-up after that, and we're talking some names here. Alec Martinez, the guy who scored the Stanley Cup championship goal in 2014. He certainly wasn't one of the stars of that team or anything. He was like a third, fourth-line guy, bottom six guy, and he's still kind of like that. He could play second, third-line-ish, and he's the second-leading scorer. That tells you the Kings are in trouble. Anze Kopitar, a guy who had 74 points last year, down to only 17 on the season and 34 games. That's not going to get it done for the Kings, and that's why they're not playing well. Guys like Anze Kopitar struggling the way he is. I mean, that's uh, that's a big deal, man. So <laughs> it is what it is. Let's take advantage of it, eh? Eh? Let's take advantage of it. I mean, why the hell not? The Wild need to do that today, and I think the Wild can do that. Uh, Darcy Kemper will be in that today, like he always is against the Los Angeles Kings. Uh, he, he always is. Uh, last time around, wasn't the prettiest game, but the Wild scored six goals against these guys. Awesome. Uh, they hosted the Kings on October the 18th. That seems like 20 years ago. <laughs> the Wild's defense was up and down, kind of like it is now, I suppose. Uh, Dustin Brown, kind of the same goon he always has been. Let's try to stay away from his elbow if we can. Devin Setaguchi's back in the NHL, and he's a member of the Kings. That figures. A team de desperate, looking for some type of scoring. They're not going to really get it, I, I don't think, from him, and he, they're not really getting it. He's just fourth-line talent at this stage, only nine points in 33 games. Stewart would be better for the Kings at this point. That being Chris Stewart, our Chris Stewart. He's been, he's been strong for the Wild this year. Um, Holla and, Pom and Pominville were very good in that game against the Kings. And, of course, as was Darcy Camper, who always plays well against that club. But the Kings, I think, very beatable today, even though it's a road game and all that. It's a 3 o'clock game, too, kind of early. I predict the, well, the Wild beat the Kings today. I, um, I'm sure some goals will be scored. But, uh, I, I, you know, I have a sneaky feeling it's going to be better. Um, it's gonna, Kemper's going to be better this time around, giving up three goals. And it was cool to see Pominville play as well as he did last time around. Could it be? Could it be a prediction? A guy who just got his uh, 
just got in trouble for me. You know, <laughs> just got a uh, James Shepard Memorial. Will Pominville score against the Kings today? Or Halla, who hasn't been scoring either. In fact, I mean, he, yeah, he, he got his little uh, he got his little pinball goal last year, uh, last week. I forget who it was against. I think it was Montreal. No, it wasn't Montreal. I can't remember who it was against now. Uh, it was a pretty funny play, though. Um, Darcy Kemper will be in net. He will give up only two goals in today's game. I think the Wild are going to win this one. I'm going to go with 4-2. I like the way the offense has been playing. And Jason Pominville will score today. How about that? He will end his scoreless streak today against the Los Angeles Kings. 4-2 victory for the Wild. I might even go with 3-2, but a regulation win for the Wild over the Los Angeles Kings. Heck, and even if it goes to the shootout, sure. Okay, we'll say 3-2, possible shootout in this one. Wild win 3-2. I don't think we're going to score four goals against these guys, but... It's possible, but I'll, I'll go with three. Let's let's be a little bit safer. Wild win against the L.A. Kings. And now the Wild head to Anaheim, California. Oh, goody, that's going to be fun. <laughs> Wild's history there, not the best, and we've known that forever. But it'll be the first ever time <laughs> the Wild play. Uh, the Bruce Boudreaux will return to Anaheim since being terminated, being fired from the Anaheim Ducks. The same suspects, of course, Corey Perry, all, all those stars over there in Anaheim. <laughs> the Wild's history so far this year, nothing. This is the first of three matchups between the Wild and Anaheim. We'll be playing them again on January the 21st. And February 14th, we'll be hosting in both games. So that's nice. The Wild's chances of winning the series, okay, maybe slightly improved because of the home, home ice advantage. But the Ducks are back in first place again. They're on a run. They have 50 points on the season, believe it or not. The Wild have 52. So what does that tell you? Just do the math there. The Ducks have caught all the way up. Uh, they are playing some great hockey. Uh, they were struggling for the longest time, but they might end up winning division anyway, despite the fact Bruce Boudreaux isn't there. Mr. Division champion himself. Ryan Kessler leading the way with 34 points. Corey Perry with 30. Ryan Ketzloff at 30. All these deep, all this deep talent. They're more of a defensive team than anything. But those top players are definitely top players for the Anaheim Ducks. Cogliano, one of the more dangerous guys also for that club. Nine goals, ten assists along the way. That guy's always given the Wild trouble in the past. There is no doubt about it. <clears throat> he's not a star, but he's a valuable third-line type of talent. And I'm sure he will be a threat for the Wild in this one. Oh, boy. But uh, I hope the Wild can win this game. I'm guessing Dubnik will be back in net. Because, yeah, you don't want to go back-to-back with uh, Kemper. I, I don't think that's a good idea. Kemper will get his, his will get a, a win this uh, Saturday, though. He'll, he'll get the win, I believe. Dubnik against Anaheim, I'm hoping for the best in that one. Not because I think the Wild are not up to the task. Maybe we are going to start a new win streak and get to three, but it's a tough it's a tough opponent. They've been playing well. I'm going to go with a victory for Anaheim at this point. I think the Wild will give up three goals instead of four, so that's good. We'll have an improvement with Dubnik there. Poor guy who's been definitely been losing some of that magic the past couple uh, like the past week or so. Three to two victory for Anaheim in regulation. Unfortunately, maybe a shootout, but I'll go with regulation at this point for Anaheim. Uh, that would not be good. I'm hoping the Wild can win that game, but I can't pick it right now. Anaheim's always been a trial, has been a problem for the Wild. I'm debating on, I'm really debating on picking a win though, with with Boudreaux going home into Anaheim, get a little revenge. You know, I'm going to change my mind. <laughs> I'm going to change my mind. The Wild will beat the Anaheim Ducks 3-2. to 3-2. Uh, to two. In regulation. They are going to not give the Ducks anything. They're going to maintain their position 
ahead of Anaheim in the seating and all that and try to keep up with those damn Blackhawks who won't lose ever. Like, they won't lose ever. They're always on NBC Sports Network as well, all the time. Every single time there's hockey, it's Blackhawks versus Sharks, Blackhawks versus Blues, Blackhawks versus Carolina, Blackhawks versus Calgary, Blackhawks versus everybody. That's all it ever is. It's kind of ridiculous. Why can't the Wild get on there? Like, maybe move things around. Where they, did they have such a low opinion on the Minnesota Wild coming into this season? And I know the Wild disappointed them in the past. Last year, they were disappointing. The year before, they were for a while until later in the season. Um, but, geez. I'll pick a win, though. And this one is on NBC Sports, so I better stop complaining. So there it is. This one is on NBC Sports. So there you go. <laughs> I'm complaining for nothing. There you go. But it's a Sunday game. What about those weekday games, too? Damn it. Those are fun to have on NBC Sports. Okay, well, you get that beautiful NBC HD. looks a little better than FSN, doesn't it? It's real, really, really, really crystal clear. The Wild will win the game, though, on national television. I, I have a feeling that Boudreaux is going to have this team ready to beat that club. Boudreaux has no hard feelings for Anaheim, but you know what? He's, he's a competitive SOP, and this team's going to be ready for him that night. The Wild will represent and will beat the Anaheim Ducks. It's like I kept debating on that, but I'm, I changed my mind. I have a right to do that. I had the Ducks winning. I'll have the Wild win 3-2. to two. Most likely guy to score in this one. Well, hmm. Let's go with Eric Stahl. Eric Stahl will, will be big in this one. I could even go with Koivu, but uh, shoot. I'm going to go with Koivu against Anaheim. He's the most likely guy to score. That second line is going to set up Koivu one way or another. Will he make a big move? Or will he <laughs> or will he get set up with another beautiful one-timer from Grandland? Whatever it is, he will be the most likely guy to score in the game. John Gibson leading the way. Jonathan Bernier, also the former Toronto Maple Leaf as well, <laughs> who used to be uh, Jonathan Quick's backup. But yeah, Gibson, I mean, the Wild can score on this guy. Not the best goals against average, 2.48. Two shutouts on the year. Hopefully he won't get his third. I think the Wild will be up for that, though. I think they're going to be scoring on this club. 3-2 to two victory. Minnesota over the Anaheim Mighty. Oh, just the Anaheim Ducks. They don't like to be called Mighty Ducks anymore because maybe they're not so mighty after all. Thursday, January the 12th. Will Darcy Kemper be in that? Just to, because if, if maybe you want to give Dubnik a rest or is it necessary? you got several days off. Dubnik will probably be in net in this one against Carey Price. You're going to get the two best goalies again. You're going to see shutout hockey in the first period, like there always is, when it's Dublin versus <laughs> like another elite goalie. It's always like that. Hopefully Montoya's in net, but I doubt it. <laughs> he had a nice thriller. The Wild managed to score four goals on Carey Price December the 22nd. I got a sneaky feeling that's not going to be the case on January the 12th, Thursday. I got a feeling. Uh, you got a lot of injuries with Montreal, including the likes of Paul Byron or, say, uh, Brendan Gallagher, those guys been seeing day, uh, they've been day to day. Actually, uh, injured reserve for Gallagher, in, uh, fractured right hand, Byron with an upper body injury day to day. But so many others, injured reserve, Markov, uh, Andrew Shaw, and others along the way. Shaw, one of those valuable like third line type of guys <laughs> over the former Blackhawk with a concussion issue. So you know how those can really drag things out for a long time. Unfortunately for him, just kind of is what it is. Um, I kind of see this as one of those trap games. I kind of think if, say, if the Wild beat Anaheim, they probably won't come back and beat Montreal. I mean, I can't pick the Wild to go on a 12-game win streak again or a 6-game win streak. I mean, maybe a 6-game win streak is possible, but I'm not going to pick it at this stage. The Wild, I think you're going to see a really close, tight game. I think Dubnik will have will really step up against this, you know, this fellow superstar goalie, Carey Price. You'll see something of the likes of 2-1, to 3-2, to 
two to two going into a shootout overtime, something like that. But I think Montreal is going to pull this out. I'm going to go two to one. I think uh, Carey Price has a huge game against the Wild after giving up four goals last time around. I think he'll be ready this time. Two to one victory for Montreal. Most likely guy to score for the Wild in this one will be Zach Parisi. I think Zach Parisi will score against the Montreal Canadiens in the game, and he'll be the only Wild to do so. Last time around was so much fun, December the 22nd. It was kind of a little early Christmas present for all of us Wild fans. 4-2 to two victory in Montreal, but I got a sneaky feeling the Wild aren't going to sweep that club this season. That's just my opinion as we go into things. So now let's look at the prospects briefly here as we... Look to wrap up the show in not too long. <laughs> I think the Wild will go 2-1 and one this week. We'll check up on the Dmitry Sokolov watch. 37 points in 34 games. The guy's just tearing it up for the Sudbury Wolves. 26 goals, 11 assists so far on the season for <laughs> Dmitry Sokolov. Gotta love how things went. And then you go into the Junior Hockey Championships hosted in Montreal and Toronto over in Canada. So, of course, Canadians having a <laughs> home ice advantage in this one in a sense. Uh, the USA Juniors won it in the shootout. It's too bad it went to a shootout instead of into overtime. I agree with Wes Walls. If you listen to the, uh, if you watch the Sharks game, Wes Walls talked about it. it's a crying shame that a game like that would have to end in a shootout rather than like say an overtime goal like a Stanley Cup final would. Um, you got all kinds of amazing prospects in this tournament. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov, who Brandon Molesky of KVN believes is a superstar in the making. Believe it or not, fifth round pick for the Wild, leading everybody in scoring. In this one, just a spectacular overall tournament for him. He had nine goals and three assists, 12 points in the tournament. The overall leading scorer for the Russians, they ended up winning the bronze along the way. You got Jordan Greenway, uh, one of the leaders for the United States, three goals, or no, seven goals. No, three goals, five assists, eight points in the tournament. Absolutely good. Uh, You got Dolan as well. Jonathan Dolan for Sweden. He's like the, he's the he's the son of Ulf Dolan, the former North Star. He's a lot of people look at him as an up and coming superstar in the making. Uh, Kiefer Bellows, the son of Brian Bellows, the former North Star. Unfortunately, he's not coming to the Wild or anything. But hey, had a nice tournament. Was very valuable in that gold medal game. Joel Yule Eriksenek, pardon me, Yule Eriksenek, nine points in the tournament, six goals, three assists, leading the way for the Swedes along with uh, Alexander Nylander, who actually had 12 points. Pardon me, he actually did a little better. <laughs> Kunin as well, though, adding some very valuable goals for the Wild prospects. So, very, very exciting future for the Minnesota Wild with these prospects. Uh, great tournament, lots of fun. I'm really happy the USA was able to pull it out in the gold medal game. Too bad, again, it had to resort in a shootout. But very exciting times for the Wild. And again, I'll say this once again, this is why Chuck Fletcher still has a job, because look at these prospects. I mean, Kirill Kaprizov, fifth-round pick. He has the makings of a star in, this, in, in the NHL one day. Hopefully the Wild can get him to Iowa soon, as soon as next year. Maybe we have to wait two years. Hopefully not too long. But Greenway, I could see him in an Iowa Wild jersey next year, along with Kunin. A lot of people do believe he will be. Alex Tuck already is there. As most of you would probably know by now, we'll check in on him and others right now in Iowa. Uh, Timo Polkanen leading the way, 22 points on the season. Uh, Iowa kind of had a rough week in the net, but luckily for Alex Daylock, it didn't bring his goals against average over three yet, but it certainly has climbed up quite a bit, about 
goals against this week. Unfortunately for him, Mario Lucia had a three-point <coughs> game last week. Nothing going this week. Olofsson added his fourth goal of the year, so now he's at 14 total points. Alex Tuck is at 17. And, of course, Jordan Schrader is on the Minnesota Wild. Eric Riley also <coughs> adding his third goal of the season. Nice to see that. And his 10th assist. So 13 points on the year for Mike Riley. Those are the notables down in Iowa. The guys that could potentially be with the Minnesota Wild at some point, maybe even this year, if all goes well. Of course, Alex Stalock. You never know. If one of the goalies <laughs> gets hurt, you never know. Alex Stalock is probably going to be the next man up for the Minnesota Wild. He'd be the immediate backup to whoever is the starter, be it Devin Dubnik or Kemper. So there it is. Uh, exciting times for the prospects for the Minnesota Wild. Uh, boy, what a fun tournament it was. Didn't get to see all of it. Didn't get to see most of it, unfortunately. But I saw when I needed to, uh, in and out, and Kirill Kaprizov, I don't disagree that he has the makings of a star in this league, as does Yul Eriksson Eck, as far as I'm concerned. Third overall in goals scored in the tournament. And we saw what he could do at the NHL level. Um, he's not a spectacular player, but he's a very good, solid player. He's probably going to be a better version of Miko Cuevo, as far as I'm concerned. He led the entire tournament in plus-minus, plus eight for Yul Eriksson Eck. Extremely excited. And it's also nice to see these former North Stars' sons also <laughs> go out there and play so well. Jonathan Dolan, of course, again, like I mentioned, son of Ulfi, Ulf Dolan. And, of course, uh, Kuiper Bellos, the Adina the, the native now, son of Brian Bellos, the former North Star net, <laughs> the former North Star guy who would light the lamps up. He had a 50-goal season years ago in the early 80s. Spectacular first-round pick for the Wild many years ago by Lou Nanny. Um, gotta love what we see here. So Benny Allen out there in Australia, a big, big fan of the Minnesota Wild. Very cool to know that there's fans of hockey in Australia. Very encouraging indeed. Um, hope all of you enjoyed this show. Hope you enjoy the, the juniors and the future of this club. Looks extremely bright with all these great prospects. Hoping for the best with that. Uh, please do join the Facebook page. It is facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. Facebook.com forward slash brave the wild. And then there's at brave the wild for the Twitter account. Please give that a follow. And you could call into the phone lines, 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877 is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for Brave the Wild. And do your statement, shout-out, comment, question, whatever it is. Keep it maybe one to three minutes. Yeah, you, you could go a full three minutes if you want to. It's very welcome on the show. There's the call now button if you're international. It goes right into the phone line through Facebook. It doesn't cost you a penny. And then, of course, there's also the... Uh, Audio submission route, you just use your smartphone, smart device, use the free uh, audio recording app, treat it as a phone call, and email it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. All this information is in the show description on iTunes, Stitcher, and Double Twist, so there it is. And if you could give a nice positive rating for Brave the Wild on iTunes or Stitcher, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated, and I will give you a shout-out on the show. Thank you again very much for your inclusion. Maybe I'll check real quick if there's anything going on on the Facebook page. Some 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 weeks there's a lot. Some weeks there's not a whole lot. Some weeks people are just busy and don't get around to it, unfortunately. thought I had it loaded, and I didn't. Isn't that great? <laughs> Doesn't look... Uh, I was talking about Jordan Greenway. Yep, goal to assist. This was last Saturday. And Benny Allen was saying, Oh, yep, did you do a Wild pros- uh, Prospects Junior World Cup talk in the new podcast? Looking forward to listening. And... Yes, I did indeed, and I hope you liked the conversation today as well. Uh, Jordan Greenway, really strong, and he did help the Wild beat Canada earlier last week as well. That was cool. Jordan Greenway, again, what a future. And what's the word you always hear about Jordan Greenway when it comes to the 
him as a player. Every, every word, you, every time you hear, he's a beast. He's a beast. That's what you hear. He's such a big player and a lot of skill. Uh, maybe he'll be a Todd Bertuzzi type without the uh, without the injuring people on purpose side of things. But because Bertuzzi was a hell of a player when he actually was, you know, playing hockey and not being a goon, he was awesome uh, physicality, but also lots of skill added to that. Hopefully, Jordan Greenway can bring that to the Wild. I am just very excited about the future of this club. It's no wonder Bruce Boudreaux came here <laughs> because I think he knew what was coming, and he also knew that this team can play this game with the right coach, with the right attitude, and without feeling sorry for themselves. He's very big on that as well. And they did not feel sorry for themselves against the San Jose Sharks. They got the job done. There it is. That's how you prevent a losing streak after such a wonderful winning streak. So we'll wrap things up. We'll be back next week, hopefully a 2 and one week at least, maybe 3-0. and Wouldn't that be something? We'll talk about it then. Everyone take care.